Can't figure out why. Can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. It's wild. You know what else I can't figure out? What can't you figure out, Kevin? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlip. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And today, we're in episode three of uh, Diablo, The Legacy of Blood. This this charming little Diablo book by Richard A. I'm going to... Did we decide Knack or Knack? I, I'm just... I, I'm thinking Knack. When I see it, it's real easy. K and N is always a silent K to me. Yeah. Sure, let's go with that. Um, yeah. It's got this, you know, this this guy who's suffering from Carpathian kitten loss on the cover. Oh, poor baby. He's poor baby. baby. He just misses his kitten. He just misses uh, his kitten. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, man. You watched that episode of Oops All Monsters too, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did, I did uh, you know, listen to, to Hess and... and uh and uh gavin dive into vigo the carpathian there that is that is a good episode i i thoroughly recommend it as vigo is um vigo is such a fun villain and even though and i didn't know until i listened to the episode that he it was max von sydow who did the the voice that was news to me as well. That's crazy. Like it's like, oh yes, that's right. It, it that the, the voice finally clicked in and be like, yes, that right. is Max von Sydow's side out's voice. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I I was so looking forward to that episode because he's always, I I loved Ghostbusters too. It was just more of the same. Yeah, uh, there's me. there is so many people I run into who have this this real hate for Ghostbusters 2. And yeah. I have tried over the years to find really like, I'll rewatch it. And I'm like, this is just more ghost. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's more it's, of it's, it's the same it's guys. More. It's more. Yeah. It's just more. It's yeah. not, it's not a huge improvement over the old system. It's not, it's not taking it in a different, it's just more. And what's wrong with that? What's what wrong, with that? wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, we're on chapter 11. We are. And um, and uh, as we left off last time, uh, poor Kara is. <laughs> She's just. She is. the one. I guess one of the issues I have with this book is that uh, it tries to put Kara as both a protagonist and a uh, princess that must be rescued. Yeah, they simultaneously. Really do give her the damsel treatment, She's they? a she is a damsel in distress and the protagonists. Yeah. Uh at the same time, which I'm not right. sure I totally dig on. I wish she had a little bit more agency because uh she has been obviously doing like making decisions to do things, but almost entirely out of like duress under you know, somebody else's guidance or what have you. I just, I don't know. When we get to a point and we'll, we'll get to it obviously, but we get to a point later in this section of chapters where she is once again in a position where she's compromised in a way, but this time it's, it's because of her status as a necromancer and not anything else, which is fine. Uh, but by that time, we've been worried about her simply based on the fact that she's a pretty lady uh, yeah. for so long that by that the time that comes around, you're just like, OK, we she's already 
really established herself as more than capable of taking care of her own shit. I don't know why. Yeah, why I don't. We I'm need not to quite perpetually sure put her in this kind of compromising danger. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, we 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 basically it's a it's conversation um, between Kara. Um, Kara and Captain Jeronin to start off the chapter, and Jeronin's basically like, "Yeah, you don't look like you're uh, you're doing too well there." Yeah, um, and yeah. she's like, "She's like, I'm fine." Yeah, she's I'm, been locking herself away in her cabin, not uh, talking to anybody, not talking to anybody because uh, she's got two zomboys right. hanging out. <laughs> right, and by the way, I for a while up until this chapter was assuming them thinking of them as just ghosts because yeah. they've been portrayed as spirits and such. And no, they are ghouls. They are straight up revenant revenants. Like, they're undead. They, they are undead. Uh, they're vengeful undead revenants that are uh, existing within the bodies of their, their, their fleshy corpses. Yeah. They are totally corporeal, but we do find that something about the afterlife, or maybe it's the fact that one of them is a wizard. Maybe uh, they're able to cast a spell that makes it that she's the only one who can notice. Yeah, and I, 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 I think it has a lot to do with um, uh, the Vigeri, uh Faustin uh, having gotten control of her knife, her dagger, her, knife. her right, and he because right. he was shown as being a pretty capable wizard. We don't yeah. know it, how familiar he was with necromancy. Clearly, just enough to be able to turn himself and his friend back into revenants from across right. the the chasm between life and death during that brief window uh, when she summoned his spirit uh, down in the in the catacombs. Yeah, um, and they they've just been ordering her around, and she basically has to obey at this point because they have that dagger, and that dagger, as we we got a little glimpse of it. Uh, in the beginning where it is basically the tool of her trade. So right. she needs that thing back, but they want her to help them reach Norik. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is uh, the difference between the two of them is Trist is trying to still pretend that he is alive. He is, he is, <laughs> he is deep, deep in denial here. Deep in denial. It's really he, sad. Uh, he, we get we get a couple of awkward moments with him. Yeah. And this is the beginning of one. He, it, it's, he tries yeah. to eat food. Yeah. He sees her eating food and he's just talking about it looks like it tastes good. And it's it's very grungy star report ty types of uh, dialogue. There. <laughs> like, what is he, this is weird out of context. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and he tries to eat it, but he finds that he can. He complains that it tastes of death. Yep. And that they should have, what is it? He said, like, he says, he says, it's too long dead. They should have cooked it less, a lot less. I think maybe they should have not cooked it at all. The fresher, the better. Eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's this hint, basically. Now we, we're going to find that these guys are actually, they're, it's weird. It's like, they, they're okay guys on certain levels. Uh, they don't, they're not trying to kill her. And we're not even she Kara basically also intuits that they're not even particularly trying to kill Norik. They don't like talk bad about him or anything, but these moments, like you get this moment where you're like, Oh, I wonder if, you know, given enough time like this, they would start becoming like flesh eating ghouls. Like 
eating raw yeah living flesh yeah and that's what Kara is is worried about is like she's really hoping he doesn't connect the dots right right she she's like um she has no desire whatsoever to prolong a conversation that might turn to ex- exactly what types of meat the ghoul would think tasted best uncooked. Instead, right. Kara tried to turn back to the subject that most concerned her, that of Norik. <laughs> right, right. She's like, I am changing the topic. <laughs> yeah, we are not talking about meat anymore. Uh, so they basically, they've been hunting for Norik. Uh, they hint that uh, at a failure on the Hawks fire. Uh, that she knows a little bit about. Um, but finally, like they kind of, they've already kind of got her over a barrel with the dagger thing. Yeah. But that apparently isn't good enough for them. So uh, Faustian asks for her left hand and stabs her in the hand with her own dagger. Doesn't, doesn't feel pain, but this ritual, they bind her to them that essentially yeah. their lives and her life and their fate and her fate are entwined. So now, She's got to help them because anything that uh, befalls them will also befall her. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a real bummer of a move. It's, you know, like. I mean, it sounds like they, she was probably going to be helping them anyway because she wants her knife back. She wants her knife back. And they're like, yeah, well, we're going to add a little extra uh, onto <laughs> that. That just guarantee that you are helping us. It, it's a real kill your darlings move. You got to give it to the writer. He's like, no, man, we're not letting up on her. Yeah. Um, so so basically, Faustin has communicated to uh, to Trist somehow, because remember, Faustin doesn't have a throat or vocal cords anymore. Yeah. His head's kind of always wagging on the side there. Yeah. So Trist, the one saddened Trist who can talk, uh, basically lets her know that they're looking for another Vigerai. Uh, by the name of Drognan. Um, Drognan. And then cut two. Cut two. Drognan talking Drognan. to Norik. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really great cut. I got it. It's like, <laughs> like we're looking for a sorcerer named Drognan. Cut two. My name is Drognan. <laughs> My name is Earl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't. I should have shut my damn mouth. I had a perfect opportunity for you to throw in an old timey meanwhile. That was the best meanwhile opportunity. <laughs> And I robbed you of it. You robbed me of the meanwhile. I'm a and monster. known by the name Drognan. Meanwhile, my name Yay. is Drognan. Drognan. Thank you. There we go. I feel I feel better. I was starting it's to have vindicated. heart palpitations. Vindicated. <laughs> so, so, uh, so he's uh, basically Norik's there to see Drognan because there's, there's rumors that Drognan knows uh, what the shit to do with this right. stupid armor. And this is a, this is the same guy who, when we saw him last, was controlling all the guards and and that kind of thing, and basically led Norik to him in that fashion. So we know he knows his way around magic. Yeah, he, so he sure does. Norik's cool, like you know, Norik's like this great. is great. He's going to get this armor off of me. Yeah, uh, and that is not at all uh, what Drogden promises. Dra- no, you know, Drogden's like. Uh, uh, yeah, he's going to, uh, if you hope, I believe my early words were closer to, if you hope to live, you will do exactly as I desire. So right. blackmail upon blackmail upon blackmail. This is just, just consecutive scenes of people being blackmailed by bullshit. Yeah, yeah. This this whole book, by the time we get to the end of this section, it is just a perfect Ouroboros of betrayal. 
Just everybody <laughs> betrays everybody else. People have moved on and started new betrayals where there weren't any betrayals before. It, it and this is this is just one of many. So Drogman makes it clear that it's not as simple as just like taking getting a, an uncursed spell essentially and getting Norik's armor off. Uh, but he does claim that he has at this point full control of the armor through his his magic powers. And uh, Norik, uh, I think rightfully so, uh, not feeling so good about this whole thing. No, he's not feeling great about it. And basically, Drognan, um, Drognan, he wants Norik's help. I say help with air quotes because it's more yeah. like he's telling Drognan, he's telling Norik. Uh, BT Dubs, I need yeah. you to do a huge favor for me. Do need me a you solid. To go, need you to go do the whole Diablo thing and raid a tomb for me, and it's going to yep. be of Bartuk's brother, Horizon. Um, you're going to go down into the Arcane Sanctuary. Capiche? Yep. <laughs> and, this, and, this and this is where I got excited, actually, because I, the thing I, I've been thinking as, as we've read this book, and I know it's been similar for you, is that this book is so not based on any specific actions within the game to the point that it really is just the setting. Uh, Diablo is just the back, which has a lot of advantages, but it also makes you go, boy, how are they going to tie this into the game? And this is how. Like, it's like, ah, we're doing a dungeon crawl. Got it. Yeah. Finally. We got a dungeon crawl going on. Halfway Uh, through the book. Halfway through the book. Yeah. (laughs) So, Horizon, the one who uh, betrayed Bartuk. Yes, he's he's. They got to go to his tomb. They got to go to his tomb. He's because Horizon's dead, right? Right, right. That's the idea. He's right. very dead. He's got a tomb, right? Right. They only give tombs to dead people. They only give tombs to dead people. That would be silly. Otherwise, I'd have four. Meanwhile, how- <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, we're back with General Augustus Malevolent and his, oh, his- Malevolent. Mal. Can I call you Mal? Can we call you Mal? It's chapter 12 <laughs> and there he's there. He's at a he's walking around the encampment. Um, kind of doing a, an inspection. Doing an inspection. He's been in this encampment for 188 pages so far. <laughs> yeah, they have not moved. They have uh, not not quite moved yet. No. Um so yeah, uh, he starts hearing voices uh, in his head. Yeah, he's uh, been he ha- he's been wearing Bartuk's helmet for like quite a bit, a while at this point. Yeah, and it made me think. It made me think a little bit the way they described it. It really was a Diablo description, to be honest, because they're talking about how valuable the helm is to him, and it doesn't really match the rest of his armor. But he doesn't mind because of how valuable it is to him. And anyone who's played. Diablo or World of Warcraft or any number of, you know, slot based, you know, armor mechanic games with sets and all that shit has done that where they're like, okay, the helmet looks kind of stupid with his armor, but it beats the shit out of anything else I've got. So we're just going to stick with Bartuk's helmet. It doesn't matter that it doesn't match. Yeah. Um, basic. And then so he gets uh, during this the scene, he uh, he gets called over by a sentry who leads yeah. him leads him down a, a path and it's you know that scene in Empire Strikes Back where Yoda is telling uh Luke, you know, hey Luke's like, hey, what's over there? And Yoda's like, darkness. And don't go in that tree. Don't, don't go in the, the tree stump. 
Oh, Captain good. Luke. Um, <laughs> stay out of the tree. Stay out of the, the dead tree. Out of the tree, must stay you. There's, there's, there's little bugs in there, and they don't. It's they really, bite. We, we should, we should probably just cut it down. It's gross. <laughs> it's rotten inside, like the dark side. You will be. Um. So they. So the sentry leads him. They. They do that scene. Uh, they do that. Scene. I mean, for all it, it's just with with uh, with bug demons instead. It's yeah. with, with with bug demons. Uh. Yeah. yeah. He 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 falls down. He loses his footing and falls down this kind of doomed area. And the the guard who led him over the the guard pulls. It's like, ah, man, Mal. What are you doing? Like he, it, the guard literally goes, "Sure, there's something over here you ought to see." Which, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but but he looks at. Him, he's I like, don't see what it. Is it. What is it? What's you over should there? Stand and, over there. That's literally what the guard says. The guard <laughs> literally says, and "You could see it way better over." Mal, you fucking idiot! You don't deserve <laughs> the armor of Bartuk. You fell for the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. So he goes over there like fucking elmer fudd and and falls into this pit that and his his sword disappears and the guard disappears and the guard and like, was never there the guard was never there let's face facts it was bugs bunny in a wig we all it was, know it it was bugs bunny ah, ah. because what comes up are scarab demons ladies and gentlemen and bugs. it's scarab demons malevolent shows his proves his metal and who is the architect behind this spoopy little experiment? But none other than uh, Zorak. Than Zorak. Zorak. Zazax. 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 I was yeah. going to say Space Ghost's organ Space player. Ghost. <laughs> Ring! It's time to fight the scarab demons. Uh, yeah, he killed them. He doesn't have a blade, but a magical like energy blade appears in his hand and and he kills them. And and then um, I, I actually thought this was an interesting detail. He like spreads their blood over his armor the way that Bartuk would. Like he's clearly starting to he he already we already started to see moments of him getting his life and Bartuk's life confused. Uh and it's only continuing. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Zazak shows up, shows him his true mantis form, uh, and tells him because this voice in his head that you mentioned earlier has been saying, Are you worthy? Are you worthy? Are you yeah. worthy? And now Zazek's like, you're worthy, baby. Yeah, you're uh, worthy. You get to see you me. Three level 20 monsters in a pit, and uh, you're worthy. General Mal, booby. You're baby. my red knight. You're my red. He's <laughs> like, hell yeah, baby. Uh, so, they, so they basically say, you know, he says, you're wor- worthy of getting the armor, but first, you got to get the armor. So. Yeah, you can have the armor. Uh, you, you just get if you can get it. Gotta get the armor. Yeah, and I, Zazax, clearly have the authority to state that you can have it right. because there's I am a demon because I'm because <laughs> I'm a big praying mantis son. I'm a big and, praying uh, mantis. Clearly, uh, so he tells Mal to keep him a secret. Uh, it's it's clear, and 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 Mal is not, despite the fact that he fell for the walk over there uh trick he's not completely stupid and he realizes like oh oh this guy this guy wants to keep me a secret from like uh uh what's her name uh galonia uh, or galona what's her name galeona 
Galeona. That's one of those. One of those. Uh, yeah. So he's he's like, why should I keep you a secret? What's, what's the big deal? And Zazak offers him a key, quote unquote, to make Luke Golane his. And apparently tells him, we don't know to, what it is yet. The key to the city. Right. Right. Which it turns out is an army of demons. Army uh, of demons. Army of demons. That's the key to most cities, to be completely honest. Especially Listen, New Orleans. If you... <laughs> You can summon the evil dead. You're you're in good shape for, you're, you're for city him. conquering. But we don't know how he's going to do it. But we do have this moment where we are. It, it's the reverse of uh, dramatic irony. Uh, they talk amongst themselves about some apparently hideous thing that he must do uh, when they are one day out from Luke Golane. And uh, we do not know what it is, but they know what it is. So mm. yep. uh, we have that moment. We do. Meanwhile, um, back on the ship, uh, <laughs> back on the ship, uh, things are getting really uncomfortable uh, between yeah. Trist and Kara. Uh, uh, Trist starts getting a little touchy with Kara. Yeah, I don't care for this. It's like you're giving us Rogue Mains a bad name. Yeah, uh, he's at one point he says, I wouldn't have touched her much. Yeah. Didn't need the much. Yeah. Just yeah, say you wouldn't have done anything, but the yeah. much is uh, you just wandered right into uh, a very assaulty gray zone. Yeah. And I don't like this section. He, he moved much. himself into her demilitarized zone and started shooting guns everywhere. Uh, he he didn't point him at anybody, but boy, howdy, he, that was live he, ammo. He, he touched her hair. He touched her hair. It was gross. Uh, he, That's come on. He's he, he's having problems with food. And now Kara's recognizing that, like, he is, he, as we said, he is having a really hard time being a being revenant dead. and accepting he, he, that. Yeah. He does not, he's like, uh, uh, you know, the, what, what's that, um, the living, Night of the Living Dead, not, not the, um, not the original, uh, but the, uh, the one that was in the 80s. Uh, oh, or Return yeah. of the Living Dead, or something like that, yeah. where it's it's with the Tar Man guy, and they're yeah. they're like they're talking to the one zombie, and she's talking about how like being dead hurts. It's yeah. like yeah. all it is is pain, and eating brains is the only thing that alleviates that pain. That's kind of where Trist is right now. That's basic, and he's but he's still in like the early stages where all he, he he still thinks about food and how good food used to be, and now he's thinking about sex and how good. So once again, we get um, some unwelcome attention for poor Kara, uh, you know, from some guy, and 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 he gets like silently rebuked by Faustian. Faustian does. And she's been suspecting that they can communicate. They, yeah, they 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 do some rotting brain talk. Right, right, and that and that's when he says, "I wouldn't have touched her uh, much," and uh, it's it's uh, and thankfully, before we have to think too much about that little good old Mister Draco interrupts the scene and yeah, is like, "Thank you, Mister Draco." He's like, "Hey, Kara, you haven't been coming out of the room. Um, what's going on? Hey, you need yeah. some fresh air, whatever." We, and let's she's take a walk. Like, "Let's take a walk," and she's like, "No, thank you," and he leaves, and then sudden Dronan is like pops in there like the kool-aid man uh, yeah they like <laughs> kick the damn door down and and briefly I, honest to god briefly because i'm so jaded of it at this point uh 
like she says, no, thank you. And they go, okay. And they close the door. And one of them just like barrels in and puts his elbow into the door to get in. And I'm like, why won't no, why will no one in this woman's life take no for an answer? That is literally where my head went immediately. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, uh, the captain and, uh, and his buddy Draco have been suspecting that something's wrong, that maybe something is going on with evil. Yep. Uh, quote unquote in there. And, uh, and this is kind of their, uh, this is their chance to, 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 to check it out and see it. Thank God it was because if she was just like, I don't know, having a bad week or something like that and just wanted to be left alone and they like throw their way in, that'd be hard to explain. Just like crash, boom. It's like, oh, I thought there might be. I thought there might be villains or demons in here. Right. Like clearly. So you it- thought that what? <laughs> I, I know it sounds crazy. I just thought I'm going to. Uh, I got to wow. go. Um, We're having it's Taco Tuesday. So it's Taco Tuesday. See you in the mess. If uh, I'll have someone bring up a tray. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they do burst in, um, and basically, we've established earlier that Jeronin's sword is silver, mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, uh Satan Trist is like, whatever, I'm just going to grab this dude's sword. Right. And the sword cuts his fingers off because yeah. it's silver and can hurt him slash kill right. him. Um, right. So the fingers get cut off on Satan Trist and Kara is the one who feels the pain of fingers yeah. being cut off. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. In fact, <laughs> it's uh, I was listening to uh, the episode uh, y'all did for Godzilla. Uh, the other oh, day talking right. about how the I do this and you, and you feel the pain is such a like uh, uh, creepypasta kind of trope yeah. at this point. I immediately thought of that. But yeah, the captain doesn't. He, he says, I won't let it happen again. And you realize he's thinking of having to kill his own daughter with his silver sword. And he doesn't want to do it uh, to poor Kara here. Uh, he wants to avoid that. Uh, but ironically, of course, in the process, makes her feel like her fingers have been cut off. Thankfully, they they aren't. They aren't. No, she just feels it. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, the, still pretty bad. that's still pretty bad. Still pretty bad. Um, <laughs> um, so Kara tries to explain it to Jerome and like, hey, uh, you know, don't. Uh, don't do anything and they cast an enchantment on me and then he goes which is why you couldn't say anything yar and she's like right. no that's not the that's not the enchantment nobody Jesus let me Christ. talk <laughs> oh my Look, god if you listen to me nobody will let her explain anything <laughs> it's it's like this book should be called diablo Kara, and the adventures of mansplaining like yeah i honestly that would be a, a, a good subtitle because if you threw out everything else and just had Kara's chapters, Kara's people adventures even, through mansplaining. Yeah, people don't even mansplain to the fucking witch uh, as much as they do to Kara. Like, they don't value her, sure, but it, I just feel like no, even the good guys, even the guys who are really nice are just not listening to her at all. Uh, right. My, my fiance was telling me something about that, but I wasn't really paying attention. So. <laughs> I'll ask her again later if I think about it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Classic. Uh, So she, she, she's being held by Draco. And then 
without wanting to, she ends up punching him, like like attacking him, uh, because she's being controlled by Faustian. And uh, and they open this blue portal that will go directly into the sea and uh, basically yank her into the portal with them and crash into the ocean. Yep. And that's that's it. That's that's chapter 12. That's that's, the the end of the book. Uh, <laughs> and 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 then they died, and uh, and and you know uh, nothing happens after that. Yeah, and it said, and it and it says at the end, you know, uh, look look forward next year to uh, Diablo two, uh, with new necromancer expansion. New, yes, and then it just cuts to a scene of Norik walking away from a high school with his fist in the air. Right. And and don't you forget about about me? Yeah. Starts playing in the background, and uh, you can see this long trail of smoke behind him coming from the high school, uh, because he's still up to his old ways. That wacky Judd Nelson. Don't you <laughs> forget <laughs> about me? Don't 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 don't. Okay, Tomb of Horrors. Time that was our theme song, Kevin. I I agree. If we if I could get away with putting that as our theme song without getting like copyright. Copy written, stricken. Copy, copy struck. Copy, copy strike. Copy strike. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the word. Anyway, uh, we're in the tomb of Horizon. I think it's a, it's in italics, which has been previously all dream shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Orc making his way through the tomb of Horizon, seeing like all these people that only Bartuk would know. Yeah. And- he finds this shrouded figure in the coffin, uh, and uh, and the coffin's hand grabs him and pulls him into the coffin with him, uh, and uh, and he's awoken. He's awoken. Ah, uh, damn the it! Drogan woken. I'm not dead. Is the first yeah, thing he rats. says. <laughs> right. Shoot. I was uh, really hoping this time this was the end. Uh. So. So like. Oh man, I barely remember this chapter. What what yeah, the they, heck uh, is happening here? It's it's a weird. I just chapter. listened to it. Why do I not remember <laughs> it? It was two hours ago. It it's Phil? a weird. Maybe maybe is it maybe is it because you it happens? Start taking notes, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> you never should have let me know that. I, I never should have let you know that. I've just been operating under the illusion that you were doing the same thing I was. I, I never should have mentioned that I never take notes. No, um, uh, you. I mean, frankly, though, frankly, the uh, your ability to uh, you know recall all this shit most of the time <laughs> without taking notes. I take notes because I'm a fucking idiot. So I need I need notes or else I will go. Uh, there was a page. There were words. Like that's it. So, but but in moments like these, I remember no, uh, the chapter. The chapters after this. And then it's like there there's just this there's this void in my brain of they do something in the tomb of Horizon. Right. <laughs> right. But it isn't real. I, it isn't yeah. real. No, they uh, basically he had a dream. Uh, uh, Dragon uh, wakes him up and basically demands that he tell him about his dream. It's like the reverse of how. You know that that coworker who needs to tell you every fucking dream they had. Yeah, it's 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 that person's ultimate dream boat because literally because he wants to know every detail about the dream, 
Um, and so he believes, you know, he basically translates it and said, you saw the tomb of Horizon. You know where it and, is. Right. And, and, and basically explains that Bartuk and Horizon, uh, even if they one betrayed the other, even if they hated each other, they are fully bonded, even in death. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, this is this is further evidence to him that they need to train, essentially. And this is where you cue the 80s exercise montage, you know, where you go, you're the best. All right. Like, no it, one's is, ever going to bring you down. Right. It's the dream version of that. Like, yeah. he wants him to have more dreams uh, so he can, like, practice, essentially. So he starts this ritual to get them underway to get to get him started on training i guess so uh norik finds himself in the crypt again start but this time he starts seeing flashes of his own life like old soldiery days women he's been with he even sees like uh that weird ass captain that he freaked out uh earlier like so it's yeah. like it's his life literally flashing before his eyes and then he finds himself uh he starts hearing Drogon shouting, fight it, fight it. And he, he realized he's kind of like on the outside looking in on his own, on he in the armor fighting Drogon. Mm. And it becomes clear that Drogon thought that he had control of the armor, but the armor was just playing dead. Fucking with him. Right. The armor's so always he, there. Right. The armor's always there. The armor wants, wanted the location of Horizon's tomb. Yeah. And so now that it has it, it's fighting at full force, trying to uh, kick the snot out of this uh, uh, panty waist wizard and uh, and and take, you know, take over again and make their way down to the tomb. And this outside force ends up fighting against Bartuk and boom, we get the, the big colossal bright light explosion kind of thing. And uh, Norik finds himself shouting some magic words and. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> we got Galeona and Galeona. they're they're on the move. <laughs> she they, is so weirded out by Mal right now. Yeah, she's weird. Totally weirded out. Um, yeah. And and I like that they had lost one man to the sand maggots and another to the heat of the desert itself. And I was like, what are they on Dune or something? Kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. When we we when we've met one of those sand maggots, we know they're no joke. And mean, uh, and, yeah. and, there, and then there's a there's a big old fat guy on a on a on a platform, and he says right. the spice must flow, must flow. Yeah, <laughs> she's but like Mal is like walking. He's Mal to me now. By the way, he's yeah, Mal. He's uh, Mal. In all Cat. my notes, it says Mal. So he's Mal. Mal. Uh, he's suddenly in this really good mood all the time. We know why he's in a good mood, but she has no idea. But the one thing she knows correctly, I might add, is that Zazax is somehow to blame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's getting that that sweet mantis dick now. Right, right. He's getting in his brain, which is where all the best mantis dick goes. <laughs> you just... <laughs> Why did you why why did why did you take my line? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get to it before before you did because I I had That's a feeling fair. I had a feeling that that you might go there. <laughs> he's got a I mean he's, you know the thing about Zazex is he's got a he's got a huge uh, penis. It's about uh, that that rig. Yeah, so like that. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Bob Saget. I miss you. Uh, <laughs> 
light another candle in his name. So the, the conditions are really bad. The uh, aristocrats. So, the aristocrats. Yeah, that's what this whole podcast is leading up. We're going to hit the year anniversary and just end it with the aristocrats. The geekiest, most esoteric aristocrats that ever existed. People don't believe me when I tell them what our podcast is about. You know that? <laughs> no, I, I, I understand. I've, I've, I get it. Oh, yeah. I, I hold it. no like, grudge it, against it's, them. It's, we, uh, we talk about books based on video games. And they're like, really? And we're like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, so you talk about, oh, that's interesting. So you like read Jason Schreier books and stuff like that? Mm-mm. No. 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 Those, the, we, <laughs> the, nothing academic to be found here. Uh, <laughs> so, is- yeah. They, they they decide to take a break and Mal's just literally sitting there humming a jazzy tune to himself, thinking about how much he loves war. Uh, he's just, he's literally over there. I fucking just, love just, war. He is Patrick Batemaning out. Just <laughs> humming Huey Lewis in the news to himself and thinking about all the blood and screams that he's going to be responsible he's for. He's about to do a monologue on, 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 uh, what is it for or sports on sports? Yeah. <laughs> he's about to tell you all about Phil Collins and uh, he's just, yeah. And she, so she, she offers says I could do another search spell, maybe find help us, you know, narrow down where this armor is. And he says, no, no, thank you. Uh, which she knows is bad news because that means that he, her, her, her suspicious suspicions are correct. And he does not need her. Really no, he doesn't. She, he's he, like, he's like, yeah, whatever. And um, she she locks in. She's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Right. <laughs> and she does a spell and uh, and locks in on Norik, um, figuring out where he is. Um, and the, t- the chapter ends with the most with a menacing, you know, a wicked witch of the West. Uh, oh, yeah. I have you, my pretty puppet. It's hilarious. <laughs> she she makes she she's literally she finds a little sand dune and hides behind it and literally makes like a sand doll <laughs> out of sand and her blood. Yeah. And uh, and and it's meant to be Bartuk's armor and whoever's wearing it like it's her reaching out to him. And yeah, it's like but and and I thought that was cool. That's the thing. I really, yeah. I love I fucking if there's one thing Richard Knack is getting right in these books is the rituals and the out we've talked about this many times before the outside the box uh, approach to some of these rituals uh, are hilarious uh, or or just plain galling and fucked up like the sandal so it's like you're like oh she's like mixing her blood in with the sand and making a little blood and sand oh it's so cool and then she literally i'll get you my pretty <laughs> Like, oh, and oh, your okay. and your little armor too, right? Right. It's like, oh, okay. She's oh. Hmm. Meanwhile, Kara's uh, Kara's on the beach, basically. Um, yeah, she wakes up not, on the not, beach, not in the way that every other male character in this book would assume she's on the beach. By the way, no, uh, she is. She is not in good shape. She she's not. She basically good. fell through the portal, landed on the beach. Trist and uh, Faustin are nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, and she's just kind of like, oh, of course. Yeah. 
really really is this moment of like her like waking up and coughing up seawater and going what the hell (laughs) and she's like she's like calculating whether the king's shield uh drone and ship is okay did the portal wreck the hole hole in the ship what what's going on um and she basically just gets up and she starts she starts walking uh, and yeah. she she runs into basically um, uh, some some fellow uh, some fellow jour- journeyers on the on the road. Yeah. A couple of wagons, yeah, a family, a wagon. yeah, a yeah, wagon train, a family in a wagon train. Basically, she stumbles into uh, Oregon Trail. Right. <laughs> asks right. if she can borrow some... four people, and and frankly, they're all alive so far, so they're doing pretty good. One of them has dysentery, though. Right, but yeah, yeah we, we don't find that out until the, the climax of the book. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I love it. But but, and it's and it's kind of nice because it's. I I will say everyone is nice to Kara when yeah. they're not sexually harassing her. Uh, they're really nice, and these people see her. She's soaked to the bone. Her clothes are fucked up, and they and they've got. It's like a mom and a dad and a daughter and a son, and uh, and they they say, hey. To the daughter, go go get her a blanket, get her some clothes, you know all that shit. And she brings her some clothes, and uh, they give her new clothes and a blanket. She pays for it, like they try to not take her money, but she pays for it. But they make a point of saying that this girl's blouse is too tight and too low cut. Uh, so it, our necromancer is is very boobalicious right now, uh, <laughs> apparently. And and they even make a point that like the sun is just like oogling her the whole trip into Luke Lane. <laughs> and once again, she's just that she's just that poor woman who's just like just look straight ahead, just ignore, don't, don't rock the boat. We don't want people to think you're a bitch. Just go with the flow. And, uh, and but she catches a ride to Luke Galane because uh, the thankfully she washed up on the right shore. Yeah, uh, she washed yeah. up on the perfect shore to catch that ride to Luke Galane. Uh, right. And and while she's there, basically she um, she has decided to seek out. She's also decided to seek out Drognan because everybody's yes. looking for fucking Drognan. <laughs> Everyone, he's he's the living MacGuffin right now. He is the the MacGuffin. He is like the it's like either the armor or Drognan or right. both, preferably. <laughs> right, right. If you get both, you complete the set and get all kinds of bonuses. You get all kinds of bonuses. Uh, <laughs> she gets there to where Drognan is supposed to be, and instead right. she just finds an old man. And it is not. Uh, do you remember chapter two? Yes, yes. We that's, get. A, we get. That's what yeah. this is. That's what this guy is from. <laughs> I think this is our Dune friend. This is our uh, Dune yeah, and, friend. And he protects her from these mosaic warriors, which I thought were really neat. I don't yeah. know. I don't recall if these are in the game or not. Yeah, she was basically like fighting them, and and she would like split them apart, and then they would just reform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was really neat. And she uses the teeth of Trangul, which is indeed a necromancer attack uh, from Di- Diablo 2. So we've got a direct, another direct tie into the game there. Uh, but yeah, this beggar who, it, she's freaked out by him, by the way. Like, I think you and I and most people who read this immediately go, oh, it's the Dune guy. It's the weird. It's the weird Dune guy who's being, right. who's super weird and and yeah. He like, he's a good guy, right? Because he says weird things. He's a good guy in a fun he's, way. He says, "There's a lot of evil around here." 
Right. And he's right, because there is. There is. There's just so much fucking <laughs> so evil. evil. I mean, and, I don't know uh, if you need but, any special powers to really guess that. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. He's he he has he has at least three dots in perception for that one. But uh <laughs> that's about it. It doesn't take much. But uh yeah, so <laughs> but she's not convinced about this dude no i like the the richard knapp uh describes him as the madcap figure (laughs) right right and he also says i think he says something like she looked at he he must have been the oldest person who is ever alive (laughs) like and she's i mean she we find we find out some things about him later that maybe yeah yeah maybe he is (laughs) He he might be yeah so the, the the mosaic monsters are like he disrupts them and hides her when uh, who shows up but Drogman. He shows up and he <laughs> it's it's very cartoonish in a way. Like this big fight is happening, magic spells are going off and explosions, and all of a sudden it's silent. And he grabs her mouth and covers it up. And Drogman walks in and sticks his head in. He clearly just came back from the drugstore and he's like, "All right, is that uh." Anyway, Bootsy, is it is it the cat? Was that Boots? Was that the cat? Was that was that Boots? And he cannot see them. No, he can't see them. He cannot uh, see them. Even though she's like, yeah, that's the guy I'm looking for. Um, the old man's like, no, it's not. You're not looking for anybody. Let's be quiet and invisible right now. Let's all just sit here quietly and play. Let's play the quiet game. Let's play the quiet game. And my magically enforced. And then she says my, and then the old man says, my brother will never find us. And she's like, holy shit. This old man is Horizon. Horizon is Horizon lives. Horizon lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. oh. and oh. then yeah yeah shows up and then yeah yeah the- shows up and he just runs through screaming he just runs through screaming and then he comes <laughs> back with a tray of cupcakes right and we all sit and it's the and everybody sits, sits crisscross applesauce and enjoys cupcakes and tea Someone write that fan fiction put us into it the, the, the pixel it halo diablo the, crossover that we that everybody wants it's, it's everyone's asking everyone's heard, asking you you hear it from a lot of people. Yeah, it's the uh, sweeted. It's the sweeted version of the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, if if you don't know what that is, uh, the uh, listener, there is a movie called "Be Kind Rewind," um, starring Ugh. starring Jack Black, right? Yeah, Jack yeah, Black. Jack Black and uh, and uh, uh, most deaf. Most deaf. Yeah, and uh, they accidentally erase an entire video store worth of tapes and then uh to so that they don't get fired they start recreating the movies it's so (laughs) it's such a because it's the guy who um that weird director um is it the guy who made uh 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 uh, uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind was it uh, uh uh michelle gondry yes gondry yes yes i believe that was gondry um, and it's just so charming. And guys, if you haven't seen Be Kind Rewind, I haven't seen it in years. I got to watch it again. But it's just so pure and sweet. And, and it's a lot of fun. You really ought to check it out. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's uh, one of our many recommendations here. Yeah. Um, totally. So, so anytime I yeah. say sweeted, that's what I'm referring because they, right. they, they called the tapes that were, they, they said that they were the Swedish version of right. the movie. So they were sweeted. Uh, they sweeted the tapes. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's what this is. That's what they want. We should be hanging out with Yaya and uh, Horizon eating cupcakes. Yeah, I think we. I think we've earned it. We've put in nearly forty years each on this planet. Yep. I think we we deserve that. We we deserve it. Yeah. So, meanwhile, meanwhile, Norik. Norik is Mark is having another bad day. He is not having a good day. Um, he's uh he's making his way. He just he's been banished, quote unquote. He's in this outside of the city again in the desert. Like the the spell that was whatever cast, like, the basically. yeah we're just left to fill in the gap. But whatever was left. Oh, one of the things that I forgot to mention is uh mm. is uh what's his name? Drognan has like a black eye. <laughs> when yeah, he comes oh, that's in. right. When he comes back in, yeah, <laughs> he looks like shit. Like he, like he looks she like looks at him, like shit kicked out of him, went down. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like he clearly he's alive. It's actually kind of perfect when you think about it because it's the author showing us he's alive. He made it out of that alive, he's, but he did he, get. He's alive. Locked. He's a little bit of a badass because he can he can face off against Bartuk's armor and live. Right, but and then go still get got Chinese the shit kicked out of him and come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like got Mongolian beef. He was like, "I've earned this. I've earned this. I've, I've had a bad day. It's my cheat day. I I'm, my, yeah, I'm just I gonna my general sows, and I'm gonna I can have this. I can have it today. Don't make it a regular part of the diet. I'm just gonna. Just, just, I'm just gonna sit and watch some Gilmore Girls, and, and I let, earned this. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna watch it until it gets to season six, because that's when it all starts to go downhill. Yep. Fucking Luke and his long lost daughter. Who thought of that shit? Anyway, General Sows is, and, and and I think some some low main. Some yeah, low main some low main will will solve <laughs> the the problems. I, I've got I've got some unresolved issues. Some with, unresolved with uh, <laughs> season six and seven issues with yeah, with the uh, Gilmore we, Girls. We, we don't talk about those seasons in this house. We don't talk about those seasons. <laughs> it just makes people mad. Um, Norik uh, Norik is is walking back to the city again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's it sucks. Like he's just constantly the man never even has so much as a horse. Yeah, he's always just plodding through the elements. And so he he's got like two hours left of uh, of uh, you know good light. Yeah, before he before it all goes. To, so he's immediately like, well, I and might I might as this, well start walking. Yeah, he is so resigned to his lot at this point. He's like, yeah, of course this happened. Of course I'm. I was at least in a building before. Yeah. And now I'm great. Okay, fine. So he's like, I, I need to look for shelter because the sun's going down. This sucks. And just when you think it couldn't get any worse. He gets attacked by, they don't say harpies, but they're basically like vulture harpy shitheads. Yeah. Uh, attack kind of him. Manticory. Kind Manticory. Of, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like nasty tails and human and bird and uh, they, well maybe not manticore then but uh yeah just it's they're not nasty. fun they're not, not fun. fun they not fun. he says they've evolved from vultures uh um, right and it, the suit does nothing the suit is like no yeah, um uh-huh. and and so norik is like all right well i just gotta fight it like good old norik would fight and he starts <laughs> fighting these things and he starts yep. killing them but um it basically the the montage uh, starts paying off because yeah. he starts casting spells through the yeah. armor. He blows yeah. one up. He grabs it by the tail and he sets it on fire in his hand. 
Yeah. He does yeah. that. He tells it to burn. The, he tells it to burn. He says, and it burns. He says, burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it works, uh, which is friggin' cool, man. Uh, and, and, and he's thrilled. Like, this is the best news he's gotten in a long time. Because uh, he's just angry and in need of something to take some fury out on. And by the way, there are monster vultures here. So let's do that instead. And uh, the gauntlets are glowing red. He's setting them on fire and they're all dead. Everybody's dead except for Norik. And he looks at the armor and he says, get me water. And he gets some water. There's- and he gets some water. The water. It, 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 a, a, a spring appears and he's like starting to, he's starting to feel it feels like he's starting to drink the armor's kool-aid you know what this scene is it's mm. the end of spider-man 2 and yeah and spider-man is fighting doc ock and doc ock is basically alfred molina in one of his best acting moments of his life greatest. Absolutely. acting against against these tentacles it says you listen to me now to the right. tentacles in order to to save uh save New York from the 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 fusion reactor and yeah. that's that's the scene that is basically happening right now is he's the armor is the doc ock tentacles instead of controlling him he's he's now controlling them exactly exactly and, and so he's so he this is kind of like our first moment of happy norick not not maybe not good happy this might not be happy that we want to sustain, but happy. It's something, I guess. Living in the sunshine, having a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> Things that bother yeah. you don't bother me. Da, ba, da, ba, da, ba. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. It's not, not quite there, but yeah, yeah. For all intents and purposes. He's, yeah, he's. He's starting to drink the armor's Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, rip rip it, Tiny Tim. Um he's tip two. He's uh, he's been dead for a long time, hasn't he? I can't remember. He has a long time. <laughs> long time. Um uh Tiny Tim's armor. <laughs> Tiny Tim's armor. You wear it and it forces you to play the ukulele. You plays the ukulele you play the ukulele and skip. Skip, yeah, exactly. <laughs> haunting soprano voice with that haunting, uh, haunting uh, falsetto, uh, male falsetto. Oh uh, boy, what a creepy, creepy career that man had! Uh, right, right. Yeah. For for our younger listeners, Google Tiny Tim and, you and will, skip past you, all the Christmas Carol shit. You will recognize uh, the song uh, "Living in the Sunshine." You, it has been used yeah. enough for various memes over the years. Uh, tiptoe through the tulips. That one also, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, go Google that, and you'll know exactly. Uh, living in the sunlight. Sorry, and he, yeah, he yeah. would like sit. He would like roll his eyes while he sang. He was a real. <laughs> it was a. It was a. It was something. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> he, was. he was a one of a kind original. Like you cannot. You cannot. There's, that was like on an Andy Kaufman level of like. There's bizarre. The nineteen was it the nineteen sixties is pretty much the only time that uh, someone like Tiny Tim uh, could have existed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just that weird primetime TV weirdness. Like yeah, that yeah yeah that was a time when like 
you had people on your talk show, not necessarily because they were pitching a new movie or some damn thing, but because they had some weird ass trait yeah. or talent or something. And you went that people will talk about that all day tomorrow. Let's let's put them let's on. Let's put it on and be like, yeah. and we have our good friend coming back. Tiny Tim yeah. is coming back out to sing his new song, Living in the Sunlight. And uh, and uh, this segment sponsored by Lucky Strikes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Old old talk shows used to be vibe for all intents and purposes. It was just like, let's bring someone out. Here's a gentleman who will juggle his poodles, and the guy comes out and juggles the poodles. And you're like, "Wasn't well, that excellent? Great!" And up next is uh, uh, the woman who will eventually marry Tommy Lee, and we're just gonna listen to her do voices. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's 1957. It's 1957. Up next is Lawrence Welk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? We got three channels, kids. What do what you are, want? What are you gonna do? Yeah. I dare you. I dare you to change the cha- change the Turn channel from Lawrence Turn Welk. It Turn it off. I dare you. Turn it off. I dare, I dare you. you. What are you going to do? You're just going to taste just, the end of your father's belt. It's just it's Turn just going to be a, a dark, dim reflection of your life staring back at you when that TV turns off. Yeah, that's it. So that's it. What are you going to do? Light up, gonna, a, light, go, <laughs> light up a lucky strike. Yeah. Crack open. You're going a, to Vietnam in a few years. <laughs> just fucking fucking watch the show. Watch the show. Watch the show. <laughs> you're going to miss this when you're in the bush. Meanwhile. I think we may have snapped for a minute there. <laughs> That's what Tiny Tim does. Um, That's what, that, that, this, what Tiny Tim does to you. It's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird life. Uh, so, <laughs> chapter 15. Yeah, we, we get back with Zazax and... Uh, and Augie, Augie Mal, Mr. Mal is, Augie Mal. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time you, every time you say, uh, you, you called him general Mal earlier. And I thought I heard you say general Mao. And I was like, Oh, uh, Oh, counts. What was it? What was his name? It was, uh, uh, the Mao, Se, uh, Mao Zedong. Uh, yeah. 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 Chairman. I was chairman, like, I wanted to, chairman Mao. You, you said, you said journal general Mal. And I want, no, no, I almost yeah. immediately went chairman Mao. Chairman. <laughs> Chairman Mal and uh, his friend uh, Lenin the Mantis. Uh, right, right. <laughs> They're just hanging out. They're hanging out, tent. plotting, and Galeona, Galeona's tent now is like been moved further and further away. Right, right. And they are, and it's it's man. I'll tell you what. I didn't realize how, you know, we knew that Mal saw her as disposable. Yeah, we knew, but. Man, he is so ready to get rid of her. He is he's looking so for any ready. excuse. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like, women can be reproduced, can be re- reproduced, replaced. Um <laughs> uh, and and but there's only a few moments that somebody has in their life where they can grasp immortality. And I was like, there's no moments. There's there's typically no moments that no, you can get that. Probably in. none. Probably none. Uh, probably none. Even when you really really try. Uh, and so he just basically offers him offers her up to Zazex. He's like, you want to you want to take her out? I'll give you permission. Go take her out. And Zazex goes, uh, I you mm, maybe you should do that. It's because because Zazex can't do anything to her. Yeah, that's uh, part of their they're part of their deal. And yeah, if one so, thing's demons do. It's it's honor deals. Oh, absolutely. We all know that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so 
it's kind of a trap though because Mal basically did that so that uh, he could know for sure. He's like, okay, Zazax can't do anything to Galeona. He would have otherwise, but he can't. So they've got he can't touch her. Something's going on uh, with that. So yeah, take that information nugget and put it in your shoebox. Put it put it right in the in the shoebox. Um, in there with your there, with your dice and sewing. There is a, there's a moment in this chapter that is is front of mind, um, where where um, and I'm I'm trying to find the exact wording, but basically, uh, Malevolent is is talking about how um, he's talking about how he hasn't heard of like a certain de- like demon. Yes, yes. Oh, I know. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're yeah. For, for context, everyone, they, they, they're doing a ritual. They're going to do this ritual the thing, the horrible thing yes. that they have to do. And so, you know, he, he's like, he's like, okay, so you you, you draw a, a, a thing in the sand, draw a symbol. They've been, they've been like, they've been bringing in guards and all that shit and using this magical dagger to accept a blood oath from them, which isn't unusual in that army, apparently. Like, before they go and do some badass shit, he demands a blood oath, and so it cuts their palms, and, you know, it's a blood brother kind of yeah. thing. So, they're doing all this, and Zazax tells him uh, that he has to speak the name of the demon, uh, Baleol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, he's like, and and Malevolent's like, I never heard of Baleol, I've heard of Diablo, <laughs> I've heard of... He like lists them off and is like, don't do you mean uh was a he means like do you mean like Baphomet and and, and Zazax is like stop talking. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> like I know this demon and this demon and this demon. Are you talking about Baphomet? Like, Shut up! <laughs> I don't fucking say his name. <laughs> don't say the wrong demon name. You gotta say the right demon name. Fuck this up. You have no idea how petty these people are. They're like teenage girls. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> yeah and then and yeah and he, i literally wrote in my notes he says he has to speak the name belial quote i don't know her you know <laughs> yes yeah, oh, here, says, here we go. Here we go. Here's, yeah, the, yeah, here's the, the, the page. Hold the dagger over the center and speak the name of my infernal lord. Speak the name of Belial. Uh, and then Malevolent <laughs> goes, who's Belial? I know of Baal uh, or Baal and Mephisto and Diablo. But now of this Belial, do you mean bah? Speak not that name again. And... <laughs> And then he says, and then, he's, and, and, and then he goes, there's no master in hell save Belial. And he's like, yeah. it is he who offers you this wondrous gift. Um, and then Malevolent was like, um, knew that hell had once been described as being ruled by three prime evils. Um, he knows the gist of history. He's like, as okay, Belial it is. Yeah, I love that he says, I just wanted to make sure I was saying the name right. Like, <laughs> Isn't that what he says? He's just yes. like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I just wanted I, to make sure that I'm saying the name right. I'm, I'm totally worshiping Belial. Belial. Uh, Belial, Belial. I, I'm, I'm absolutely worshiping Balza. Uh, he's <laughs> a, a, a belly, belly woo-woo. I'm totally worshiping him. I just wanted to make sure I got the name right. I just... Balsakabub, right? That's Ball, it. Sa- yeah, obviously. Um, obviously. And I think I think earlier we had established that Belial is pretty much losing whatever war is yes. going on. Down yeah. in hell. 
Yeah, it ain't going great. Diablo is like breaking out his brothers and all that shit. It's not great. Yeah, he's he's on the losing end right now. So Zazak's so a little extra sensitive about it. Right. It's it's a little the 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 uh, the the insult to injury is a little sharper for Zazax right now. So yeah, he he's he's not taking it well. So yeah, they they do that and they plunge the dagger into the shape in the sand and nothing happens. And uh, so Zazax, yeah, he's like, just step back, give yourself a minute. So Mal says, okay, and he opens himself a little wine, and as he opens the wine, he starts hearing screaming uh from outside of his tent the entire camp starts screaming uh and eventually it all dies down and mal goes outside and uh and zazax interprets him going out as like oh no my men what's happened to my men and uh and and mal he says it's too late you can't do anything about it and mal says i don't want to do anything about it. i'm toasting them uh, and it's it's and they say that this is basically the time that Zazak sees the real Mal, uh, just how psychopathic and ambitious and evil he is, and their blood oath has essentially transformed. They were all essentially bodies yep. to be filled by demons from all over hell. So yep. he has it's it's like the pig scene in Willow, yep, uh, where the witch comes out and turns them all the pigs. pigs like that's. Yeah, you're all pigs, which, oh, that scene fucked me up as a kid. That scared me to death. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they so and he's got this army of demons. And, and now they're they're they're, te- their teeth are now fangs and their tongues yeah, have become forked. Their eyes are red. red blood and they all it's hail so malevolent of Westmarch, the warlord of blood. It's a pretty cool scene. It's pretty like, cool. This, this guy writes demons like he's good at writing. He knows demons. his fucking demons. He really does. It's it's pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, across like across like somewhere the on, the, on the other side of the dudes, Galeona, she like senses the spell. Yeah, she, she can't. Is far from camp she is point. so far from the encampment that she doesn't even hear anything, but she knows that the, that the spell was cast. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and it's just like thinking, and she's 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 used her search spell. She's hot on the trail of Norik. She's like trying to figure out. She knows something freaked out Zazax, and she can't figure out quite what that is. But she knows that okay, time to start a new character. Uh, I gotta go to Norik, this Norik guy, and I gotta seduce him. Yeah. Use my feminine charm. Yeah. It's kind of like when you play Skyrim for like sixty hours, right? And you uh, specialize in stealth bow fighting you know and and sneaking and all that shit you're you're a long-range rogue essentially and you play it that way for 60 hours or so and then like half a year later you come back to the game and you're like i'm gonna play in a new way i'm gonna try like a two-handed warrior type or a wizard or something like that and you just specialize in bow and stealth again like (laughs) she's like she's like i need a new plan and and that new plan the old plan was to seduce a psychopath with uh, horrible, horrible yeah. ambitions of blood and yeah. murder. And now I'm going to seduce a psychopath with horrible ambitions of blood and murder. <laughs> it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Uh, so, yeah. Only we, once, we, Galeona said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is all. This is all dudes you, want. You can't. You can't fool the fooler. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is working out great. Dudes want one thing and it's disgusting. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's blood red armor, blood red armor. Uh, Galeona basically just she is she's on her way. She's just she's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Um, and, uh, she continues on and she finds the figure of a man seated, uh, just, just chilling out his, he's, he's taking a break from, from, uh, from walking and, uh, oh, it's Norik. It's Norik. It's Norik. Hanging out. Hanging out. He's found a little shelter. He's found shelter from the, from the, the sand and, and all that stuff. Um, and Norik recognizes her. Uh, yeah, as the, she has as, in, infiltrated his dreams. As the face that he saw on the the Hawks fire, um, and she like basically feigns being a damsel in distress because obviously right. she knows the way to Norik's heart is to is uh, to be a you know uh, a female uh, fantasy trope. <laughs> right, right. And she, and she kind of checks him out too. Like we talked about this earlier, but like yeah. everyone's horny on Maine in this in this Yeah, book. 100%. She basically yeah. comes to the decision that um uh she comes to the decision like, yeah, you know, I could I could bone him. Yeah. Yeah, she's like this won't be so bad. I fucked the other guy and that was all right, but this guy I could fuck this guy. This would work out. Yeah. It's like he's not he's not old or ugly. This will this will probably do. So He's and he does this thing where he like summons fire like a, as a magical spell. And that kind of puts the fear of God into her in a way where she says, oh, shit, that's not something he should know how to do at this point. Right. Like like this is this is advancing very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but she does introduce herself as a sorceress. She does the damsel in distress thing. And he basically says, uh, I need a sorceress. So that works out great. Uh, and she says why and he says we need i need someone to help me find horizon's tomb because that's my brother's tomb uh oh yeah um so so everyone thinks they're bartook everyone thinks that we got two bartooks going on right now and that's that's too many bartooks Bartook is like the 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 fucking like Tyler Durden of the Diablo. Do you ever Everyone's got his poster on their wall. You ever see that? Um, what was it? The that Adult Swim uh, video? Uh, too many cooks. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what we got right now. That's we got yeah. we got too many Bartooks. Too, too many Bartooks. We got yeah. Um, we got two, and that's too many. You know, and that's way too many. That we, there should there should be zero. We got a Bartook. With the helmet, and we got a Bartook with the armor. They both think they're the Warlord of Blood. Um, uh, yeah. And eventually, they come together. You get the full set. Double Bartook. Double Bartook. Um, Synergistic Bartook. One of them is going to be. You hope when you pull it, one of them's a foil. Um, right. Right. Shiny. You get <laughs> you shiny get a, Bartook. You get a shiny Bartook, but uh, you know they. As long as I mean, as long as you keep it in mint condition in a case, I yeah. think it'll have good it's resale. Good to have a double. It'll have good resale value in a couple. You can use one and 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 save the other. Yeah, you get keep one in the in the yeah keep one in the plastic and and show it off later and maybe sell it when uh, you uh, need beer money. Yeah, yeah, that happens. I feel like I one of my one of the comic book stores I went to in college. There was a dude. There was like a a black lotus card. Uh, for oh, Magic wow. the Gathering, just like stapled to the wall, um, it was like it, it oh was it was in like rough shape. So yeah, so it yeah. was just like <laughs> that's 
That's hilarious. <laughs> I remember when I used to play a lot of Magic, there was a guy in the game store in Savannah who came in and he had like the shredded up remains of this card that was early. I forget what it was called, but the whole idea of the card was that you took the card, you you cast the spell, and then and you, you shred tear yeah. the card, yeah, and drop it, and anything it landed on got destroyed or something. And he had like the confetti of one of those cards. It was one of it's, his little. Uh, it's from one of the. Uh, it's from one of those uh, joke uh, ex expansions that they did. Yeah, um, yeah, Because yeah. I remember one of those. One of the creatures in that was four cards. Like you had to like have all four cards, and it was like four corner pieces that you had to put together oh that's hilarious. and yet like to to cast it <laughs> how do they do that again they haven't done one of those in a while uh, i great. mean i maybe they have i don't know i have not paid attention to i, I uh, mean i've been playing uh magic online for the past like couple of oh, years oh right still, right so you got my the, it's my little my little side game <laughs> your little side game is is getting those it's, it's i don't play wow anymore uh you know so i, I play magic uh, and this way I don't have to lug a bunch of cards everywhere. With yeah. Me. Yeah. That's half as much. It's great. It's great. That's great. Yeah. It's good yeah. to have hobbies. I think, but well, we've, we know a little bit. We know a little hobbies. bit about that. A little bit. Uh, little bit. that'll do it for, for today's episode. How are you feeling about the book yeah. right now? I'm liking it. Uh, it is. I like this guy's writing. I really do. Yeah. But if he give it, I feel like we're, this is like literary edging. Uh, <laughs> Like we are so close to just like blowing a load on the inside of the garage. Uh, That's very specific. It just, it's I hit a weird childhood, <laughs> and uh, it was it was a weird Wednesday. Uh, and he, but it's yeah, it's just like we're building up, we're building up, we're bit like with the Galeona thing. Um, I thought we were finally going to get one of the characters have a comeuppance of some kind. Surely by now, with as many treacherous characters as we have someone would have died by now, but we are 75% away through the book and no one, even the people who have died are still here. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's there's been no real deaths yet with the exception of, uh, nameless crew members on, uh, on the Hawks fire, <laughs> right, uh, who got right. their Nobody, souls, a bunch of red shirts, a bunch of red shirts got killed. They got their souls sucked right. out by a, by a tentacle monster. Uh, <laughs> right and that's about it it so we need this climax to be like it's gonna need to be like the first time you saw the usual suspects yeah like we're gonna need we're gonna need him to throw out a real kaiser so say uh yes. moment is gonna need to yes. happen uh, or else it, it's just gonna feel kind of bric-a-brac and and thrown together he's he is built up if we were at this point in the book but we were only halfway through the book, then I might say, okay, okay. We've got a lot more to go. We've got a lot. It's, it's about ratio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're, we've only got five chapters left in the book. Yeah. And uh, so shit's going to have to happen like now. Right. So I'm very interested. I I'm still holding that hope. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, I'm, 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 very interesting i feel very like this this could be a very shakespearean everybody dies type of ending sure <laughs> i think it kind of has to be at this point it kind of has like everyone's it gonna does. i don't think i don't think many people can survive and, and like i would say i would say everybody but kara um right poor kara. right and she's a necromancer so yeah dying yeah. is only one part of her her life cycle anyway 
Right, exactly. That's just that's just the pupa. That's just so, the pupa. She if she wants to become a, if she wants to become a lich, she's gonna have to she's gonna have to die at some point. You gotta die, man. <laughs> if you gotta if you want to get that sweet sweet undead power, <laughs> you gotta find a phylactery and you gotta die. Uh, yeah, or you end up like uh, Frederick de Bonesby. Oh, poor Frederick. Poor Frederick de Bonesby. <laughs> I want one of those shirts. They, there was the shirts they do that it's just a skull with a wig on top yeah. of it. It's been a long time since I've listened to the podcast, but oh, I still want that. Stuff. You gotta, you gotta listen to, you gotta listen to at least the recent episodes with, uh, yeah. with what uh, Christopher Hastings is doing with, oh, with God. the Bonesby. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I know. Uh, we're talking about rude about. tales of magic, by the way. Yeah, if you guys aren't, li- it's, it's literally the only um, let's play. Uh, uh, not let's actual play, play. actual play. It's the only actual play uh, that has ever been able to keep my attention Yeah. uh, for any extended amount of time. There are amazing let's plays out there uh, that in theory, I should be a devoted worshiper of, right. But they just never keep me. Yeah. And, and Brenson Reese is one of the funniest people on the friggin' planet. Yeah. So that helps. Yeah. Yeah. And he has his own TV show now. Um, I know. Which, Swan Boy. Swan Boy, yeah. Which I have not watched yet, but I need to check out. Um, so, anyway, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Thank you for yeah. listening. Uh, if you can, uh, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a review. Uh, follow us on Twitter at PixelitPod. Follow us on Instagram at PixelitPod. Uh, you can also go to our website, pixelitpod.com. Uh, from there, you can uh, listen to old episodes, join our Discord, all that fun stuff. Uh, do it. Do it. Yeah, do it up. Uh, do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that'll do it. That'll do it for tonight. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.